Welcome, people in podcast land. This is the album argument. I am Ryan. I'm Jeremy. And we are so thankful to have you with us today. Uh, for those of you who might be new to our show, welcome. We're glad to have you. Yes. Good to hear you, see you. I don't, what do we say? Yeah, we're just glad you're here. Thank you for listening. Thanks to for us. downloading and listening and all that jazz. But the album argument is a fun podcast that two buddies and music educators and yada yada yada. It's what we do. It's uh, what we've put together. We basically we give an album to each other, and the other one listens to it, comments on it, gives their idea or their feelings towards what's the best song, what's the worst song, and their overall general thoughts about the album. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree, and sometimes we have an album argument. Yes. Today, today's record is considered a classic. In fact, Rolling Stones listed it at number 193 for the greatest 500 albums of all time. Wow. I mean, right? that that has the Beatles and... Michael and Madonna and all of the one namers. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's total. pretty good in for case, a little trio from California. Right? Yep. In case you haven't figured it out yet, we are talking about Green Day and their 1994 classic album Dookie, which is an awesome name for a band, an album. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I I agree. I mean, it's it's. Uh, for a band that uh, probably previous to this was not very mainstream, and they're like, oh, what the heck? And then yep, it is very mainstream now. It is very mainstream now. Of course, we all know Green Day. Uh, hopefully, if you're a music fan or lover out there, you've heard of Green Day or one of their songs or once or twice around the, the, the block. Um, I like to say that Green Day is broken up into two categories. You have the punk category, and then you have the mainstream rock category. This would definitely fall under the punk category, in my opinion. What would you say? I would break it into three categories. Three categories. The punk, the, I'm just going to jump to it, the good Green Day, and then the bad Green Day. Oh. Like the mainstream, semi-mainstream, such as Dookie, and then the just, the modern day Green Day that, I'm sorry, I just can't listen to. I can't listen to it either. So Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I say three, three yeah, eras. Okay. So this was right in the middle. That's fair. I I totally like that. Um, so some basic ground uh, background information. Green Day is from Berkeley, California, which is uh, my cousin lives out there. Uh, he lives out in Berkeley, uh, Oakland, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool place. I, I every time I've been out there to see him and and go to his apartment or hang out uh, around in the area, it's really neat. There's there's just a, a feel there that's just really cool. Um, they are from Berkeley, California. They are the pioneers of mainstream pop punk. They essentially brought it to the masses, whether they meant to or not, they did. Uh, this record was released back in 1994 on Reprise Records. A lot of people mistakenly think it was released on Geffen, but it was Reprise Records. And it was produced by Rob Cavallo, um, who is a legendary comp uh, producer. And the question I have for you, Jeremy, does this record stand the test of time. So there's the background information on the record. Of course, the musicians, Trey cool, Billy Joe Armstrong and Mike Dern. And so you, I want to hear what you have to say. What are your thoughts on green days? Doogie? Yeah. So this is an album that I'm pretty sure I had on cassette 
I was I was young, I admit, yep. but I'm pretty sure I had it on cassette. I mess I, I meant too. to ask my parents. I think they have some of the old cassettes somewhere or maybe they were thrown out. My first copy of this record was on cassette as well. Cassette. I currently own it on CD, so I already own it. So going back to my, you know, meter, I would probably still buy it. Like I think it's one of those albums if I did not currently own, I would buy. Yeah. It's not something that I listen to every day. It is something that you hear on the radio. Yeah. Still very frequently. Still, right? alternative music stations still play many tracks from this record. Yeah, and I think a little bit is nostalgia. So, like going back to learning bass, I think of learning, uh, thinking about Longview and just you know the, that punk bass. And I was never really into punk per se, but just there's a lot of cool bass lines in here. That this is the bass that I like. Going back to some of the other uh, episodes that we've talked about, like Peanut on 311 and things yeah. like that. That's not necessarily the bass I like. I like bass that supports, but then has all of these cool little lines in there that th- these bass lines I like. And these bass lines definitely have that. In terms of quality, uh, I think you know it has very loud guitars, which is really great. It is quintessential 90s sound. The vocals are low. Um, one annoying thing for me on the audio side, it's, it's mixed in what I call drummer's perspective, and people might appreciate that. But the drums, if you put on headphones... It appears as if a right-handed drummer, the ride will be on your right, just like it is for their right. And then the hi-hat is sort of on the left. This one kind of sounds more centered, but yeah, I prefer audience because I'm not a drummer, so I'm always looking at the band. But it's my little thing, and in the audio world, people like to say it is one or the other. It's really, it's personal preference. But I, I would totally agree with that. I don't like that it's drummers, but I can see Trey Cool, right, saying... Trey Cool. You know, either the, the whoever mixed it or Trey saying it should be this, and so... Fine. I, I, I could totally see him having you know having a, a say in that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very nineties. Uh, the the sound you know other than the vocals. So maybe a few things that might not stand the test of time. The vocals are pretty low. The guitars are maybe well I don't know. Vocals are the the guitars are loud like for today's time. But the vocals are kind of low. So somebody listening to it for the first time might have difficulty. Just like how all vocals today are tuned. No matter if you can hear it as an auto tuned effect or if it's just tuned to where the engineer gets a good pat on the back for making the person sound in tune and very natural. So, you know, that um, it is sometimes difficult to go back and listen to some older records. And so somebody might listen to this and say, yeah, and it's just mixed a little differently, but it's just not mixed how we mix today. Yeah, totally. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, it had, what, up to five singles that I could count? Yeah. Four or five? It was a ton of singles. Uh, Welcome to Paradise, uh, When I Come Around, Basket Case. Uh, I believe, let's see, what was the last one? Longview. That was the first one that really a lot of people um, were introduced to Green Day with. And then She. She. And then. I think that was a, uh, a radio-only single. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think that any album that has five singles uh, from a 14 or if you listen, if you're streaming, 15, 15. song album. But uh, 14, if going back to the cassette days. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it's great. I, I actually thank you for giving this album because I was able to kind of listen to it and go, oh, yeah, this is... This yeah, really I had those moments. I was yeah. like, wow, I have not heard this in a long time. And I was listening to the lyrics more and, you know, sort of appreciating or, or, or realizing, oh, that's what he's talking about. You know, things that <laughs> I, I didn't maybe really know about when I was nine years old. Totally. Uh, but yeah, and I, I always like his Billy Joe. Billy Joe. I like his, I call it lyric bending. I mean, how many people can go melo, melo, dram, melo, how does he say? Melodramatic. Yeah. 
You, you know, he, he just like he he says things melodramatic, uh, weird ways of saying things, and yes. he fits the words in. And um, I, I totally butchered. And that. I'm he, sorry. he also plays with the listener's ear. Like when you listen to uh, Basket Case, uh, he talks about going to the shrink, and then he talks about going to the uh, Lady of the Night, which actually is a man of the night. Right. Uh, and and at first couple listens, you might not pick up on that, but you know, then it's like, oh wait. What did I just? Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, right. So you know, parents now are, are realizing what were my kids listening to? Oh, totally. All right, because I don't I, think this had a, a parent parental advisor. It did it. not. And I actually have a story about that. Uh, I was listening to this. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. I was listening to this album in my dad's truck with him. We were driving to a soccer game, um, one of my youth soccer games, and my dad at a red light. He, he opens up the cassette, sees that there's lyrics in it, and he starts reading some of them really quickly. And he's like, and he looks at me and he says, what does this word mean? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, what about this word? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And he goes, okay, until you figure that out, this tape stays with me. And he took the tape out of his radio. He put it in the cassette. And I didn't see that cassette again for a couple months until I was like, uh, oh, oh, that's what they're talking about. I was in fifth grade at that time. Yeah. So in terms of today's time, some of the lyrics in this album is not, it, it doesn't mean anything compared to some oh, of the no. modern albums. It, listening, to, listening back at this uh, record and hearing this, it did not phase me one bit because of what's currently out there right now. And it, it does, it's a testament to how culture changes, acceptance of certain things changes, um, belief systems change. And then, so when you go and reference certain things of the past, or you go and look back at it and you see this was very controversial in certain degrees and it's totally nowhere even close to being controversial nowadays. Yeah. So I applaud green day and that they knew what they were doing. Totally. I'm pretty sure they knew what they were doing. And, I, I would say so. And, uh, yeah, good job, Billy Joe. All right, so what is your favorite song? What is the one that you feel like lacks? And before you say which one lacks, I'm going to have to put in, as you mentioned before, 15 tracks. If you're listening to it online, you cannot pick All By Myself. The very last track, the hidden track, that doesn't count. That's a hidden track by Trey Cool. I think he recorded it on an answer machine, if I'm not mistaken. That track does not count. All right. Well, that was my first, uh, you know, worst song. I knew and then it would I realized, be. <laughs> and then I, I, I admit I read some reviews, which I should not do. And then I, I just did it. I did it to make sure I was on track. And uh, yeah, then I reminded myself that that doesn't count as well. So that's fine. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I struggle with the best song because there are so many good songs. There's so many and good songs. And it is difficult to choose a bad song. I'll admit. Yes, this was this was a difficult choice. Uh, so I've got three songs that I've kind of put a star next to, and I'm, I, I think I just kind of have to close my eyes and pick one right now okay. that, in terms of the best one. Um, nice. I don't know. Can I have more than one? I know I need to choose one. Long view. I mean, that's how you learn bass. You learn that and it is a bass song. It's cool because it, it goes from chump into long view in the classical world. We would call that ataka. Where yes. There's no break. And so when you listen to long view at the beginning, you'll hear a little bit of, kind of trail off of the guitars. You go, mm-hmm. what is that? Is that an error? But then it, you know, in the cassette world, you just go yeah, right just on kept to the going. song. So that bass is great. The drums, it's different for a lot of the 90s songs, I think. I mean, it was punk, but not. 
I don't know. It just it's different for Green Day too. I think on the drum side of things, a lot of people do not. I, I think they underestimate what Trey Cool actually brings to the table. He is an amazing, an amazing drummer. Like way above what a lot of people think. Yeah. So um, I might have to choose Longview. I think That's I'll go fair. with Longview. So let's listen a little bit to that. That was the very first time growing up that I heard a bass player play chords. I'm serious. Yeah. And maybe it might be the first time that you actually hear, it's not a bass solo, but you just hear bass. Yeah. Where you know, oh, that's different than everything else coming in. So I think I have to applaud that song. I've also really liked She Forever. She's such a good I don't good, know, because it's also bass song. driven. So just a little bit on that song too. I don't know. Now that I hear that, I go, maybe that song. But I, I think I'll still say Longview and then <laughs> maybe just behind Longview, she, because yeah. he talks about, you know, she she screams in silence, but it's mixed so low that his vocals are low and you have to lean yeah. forward and you really have to read the lyrics. And that's what he wants because of yep. what it's talking about. And so uh, it's got great background harmonies and it's very simple, but both of them are bass driven. So that's why I like both of them. I think a lot of people also, we talked, I, I mentioned before that Trey doesn't get enough credit for being such a good drummer. Mike does not get enough credit for one, being a great bass player, but two, and more importantly, in my opinion, his harmonies are gorgeous. Yes. I mean, like, wow. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, they can pull it off live, which helps. Yes, you know, as a, as a three piece, and I know they might have a touring guitarist here and there, but and I I saw them live um, back. I think it was 1999, and they it was incredible. It was one of the best shows I had ever seen. So going back, I think I choose Longview, maybe just behind that sheet, and then Basket Case is always you know looking at Spotify. That's the number one song for, from them, and yeah. uh, you can't go wrong with that too. And um, it's got great lyrics in Basket Case. So, Very good. You know, uh, I don't know. And then the song that I don't like, again, because, no, I guess, sorry. It's not the song that I don't like because I like them all. Yeah. But if I had to choose one, I think it's Pulling Teeth. Really? Number six. Oh. I don't think it fits. No. It doesn't fit the rest of the album. No. No, if I had to choose one, again, but it doesn't fit. It's got some cool elements yeah. in terms of the beginning has a nice... Uh, uh, kind of line and kind of some harmonies going yeah. on, but then I don't know. It's country-ish. It's got a different vibe. Um, the the lyrics are wrote down on my notes. Lyrics are bleh. Like I don't know. Just <laughs> the lyrics didn't do anything for me. And um, yeah, I think in terms of the album, like going back to our Jenny Lewis discussion a few mm -hmm. episodes ago, if we had to choose one, one just didn't fit. Yeah. All right. Let's hear that.
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's a great song. The beginning is nice, and it comes back in a, a, a reprise near the end, but it's just got this kind of bobbing head feel. And I say country-ish, that sounds nothing like country, but I don't know. It's just very basic. No, one, I four, got five. what you meant. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Just It didn't do it for me. Everything else, I, I said, well, maybe it's the first one. No, no, no. And I just went down <laughs> the list, and I went all the way around. Yeah. And even in the end, uh, was it FOD, sorry, at the end, mm-hmm. You know, it's acoustic, mm-hmm. it's kind of slightly out of tune, and it's got a, a different vibe for it compared to everything. And you might say, well, that doesn't fit, but it's the end of the album, and it does fit. But and then it kicks into that rock sound as well with it. Yeah, so. so it serves its purpose there, and so, again, if I had to choose one, it's Pulling Teeth. But that, oh, what man. do you say? I, I'm, we're going to have an album argument. <laughs> I'm all for it. So first and foremost, uh, again, like I told the story before, um, my dad ended up taking the, uh, the the tape away from me, the cassette away from me for a while. Um, this was a big album for me and a buddy of mine in my fifth grade class. His name was David, and we constantly, every day, sang songs back and forth to each other in class uh, from this record. And so I have a lot of nostalgic love for this record. Uh, it was nice to go back and listen to it again and, and, and play it a few times through. I have to say that the worst song on this record, and again, it's not even that bad of a song. I just feel like, I'll put it to you this way. I would take this song, and instead of putting it on this record, I would release it on an EP and with a few other songs. or uh, Release it on an EP with a few B-sides, and then just call it a day. Sassafras Roots. It's not a bad song. See, for me, it's got the bass, the bum, 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 bum. Yes. That's the thing, though, is it's not that I hate the song. I don't actually, but I just don't feel like this song necessarily fits the record. I would pick Pulling Teeth any day over Sassafras Roots. Um, Now, that being said, I still think that this song, I, I think it has value, but I think it would have done better if it was shifted to something else. So going back to Does It Stand the Test of Time, it is a 14, maybe 15 song album. In today's time, it would be 10. Yeah. So this this, this song, one, I would say Pulling Teeth as well. But, you know, some of the, uh, some of the others would yeah, be pulled. It would definitely have been pulled off the record. Pulling Teeth yeah. would have been pulled off the record. Oh, man. What a dad joke. Oh, so okay. do you think it stands the test of time going back to kind of the first question? Uh, the record as a whole or yeah. the song? Yeah. Oh, the record as a whole, yes, still stands the test of time. And the proof of that, the proof is in the pudding, and that that is my top pick. It is When I Come Around, which is by far, in my opinion, the very best Green Day song ever. I'm just To me, this is a no-brainer. I have to admit that this is one song, when it comes on the radio, I don't change the channel. Exactly. So all of the other singles, maybe Longview every once in a while, I will listen to it. But I admit, well, she, 
if it comes on the radio. Oh, totally to was she. But any other Green Day song, I hit skip. Like, as I already mentioned, I don't like any of the later stuff. Uh, but yeah, I do agree when I come around. I didn't start it. Uh, I don't know why. It doesn't exactly sound Green Day to me also. True. So that doesn't matter, but that's why I didn't pick it. So it wasn't. And the reason why I love this song so much is it's 1994. The album came out. It is 2022. There is, I have music playing in my classrooms at all time. Ever since I taught elementary school, middle school, high school, I've always had music going on in my classrooms. This song is routinely in my playlist and the kids from elementary all the way to high school have all loved this song or have commented on it or have talked about it or have come up to me and been like, Hey, Mr. Stroud or Hey, coach Stroud. Uh, who is this? This sound, this is cool. This song comes up so many times. And, and to me that right there with today's kids shows that this album stands the test of time. This song stands the test of time. Yeah. Good point. And I think I do honestly hear this. Thank goodness more on the radio than any other song. So I do Correct. enjoy that. I mean, you, you look at streaming and Basket Case is the one that streamed the most, yeah. but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just local radio here in Atlanta, but I don't hear it as much often as when I come around. Oh, yeah. Now, I will say that um, I love Green Day to a certain level. Uh, Insomniac is an amazing, very underappreciated record. Um, Nimrod following right behind. Amazing, unappreciated record. I stop. I mean, Warning is good. Warning is is a good record, but I stop at International Super Hits. That's their very first like greatest hits record. I love that. Like anytime I'm like, hey, let me put some Green Day on, Green Day on, I go straight to International Super Hits because it's got the best of all of it. Um, and people out there are going to hate me. I, I think American Idiot, the record, is okay. There's two or three songs on there that I like, but the overall album. And then from that album to what they've done lately, to me, is complete garbage. It's also the production, and we've talked about this maybe more on the side, that a lot of classic bands, older bands that have been around for a while, and this happens through different eras, not even modern era, but the sound today, and maybe it's just nostalgia, we go, well, it doesn't beat Dookie, right? And yeah. so Dookie has that, it is clean, but it does, it is a little lo-fi. Yes. It's not lo-fi, I shouldn't say lo-fi, but you know, it's not... It's it's not uh, 2022 standards, correct? But then, uh, at least in drums wise, uh, all modern albums are very drum triggered and sampled, and it's perfected. And you know, not to go back to the uh, Nickelback uh, uh, <laughs> analogy, but a lot of people have a love hate relationship with. Uh, I think it's just a hate relationship, no yeah, love, right? <laughs> but my my thing with like a Nickelback, but it's really all kind of modern rock bands, yes. is that they all start to sound the same because it's literally all the same samples, all the same uh, tricks and everything. And I just I that's why it's hard to grab onto modern rock. And so Green Day falls into that. Other bands too, like Smashing Pumpkins, things yep. like that. That certain albums, I think more of the production I listen to, and I go, I just. I can't get past that, and maybe some songs, but I don't know. It just doesn't yeah. sound like the band. Of course, they can't stay in yesteryear and stay thirty years ago. But that's I true. I, I I wonder if if you're hearing a band for the first time now, and you go listen to the first Green Day, and then you go back to this, how does that influence? So I'd be interested. You know, everybody else out there, let us know. Did you listen to Green Day going back to Dookie, and he, or even before this? Even before, because there were records before. And uh, I do own some of those as well. Do you really? Yeah. Nice. I actually have a funny thought about Insomniac. I remember going to a media play, 
and asking for the media play yeah, media so badly. Play, all right. And I remember going in and asking the person like for the latest Green Day album. And I think I had read about it. You know, this is pre-internet. I mean, the internet was around, but I don't think we had a computer at hey, that point. Hey, you read it in a magazine. Yeah, 95, 96, something like that. and Or maybe on the radio, too. It could have been 99X yep. back in the day in Atlanta, Georgia, very strong and popular radio station. And they go, that's not out. And I, I can't remember at that point if they were able to find it or maybe they did get the box in. And they're probably like, who is this little kid coming in asking in, in what, 1995 <laughs> or 96 about Green Day? So that's... I think I kind of lost it after that. But yeah, I do have good memories of Green Day. Oh, and yeah. um, I would just be interested in what everybody else has to say about it. I this. would love to hear what other people have to say. Please hit us up on our socials, um, The Album Argument. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can go to thealbumargument.com and you know just, just contact us. Let us know what you think. Yeah, and um, any last words for this album or Green Day in general? You know... Um, you mentioned before, would would you buy this record? Like I, I have bought this record multiple times and Oh, you darn you music industry. Yes. Darn you. Making uh, us buy it over and over and continue to stream it. Yes. Uh, I love this record. It's a, it's a great album. Um, I do think it stands the test of time. I am thankful for it because it opened my eyes to a lot of different musicians and, I, I am very thankful to Green Day for that. I hope everybody out there goes and supports them, listens to their music, buys their albums, whatever. Even if you don't agree with me when I said that everything past American Idiot is garbage, even if you're like, no way, man, all their their, their new stuff's better. Um, at least go listen to international super hits, and you'll 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 kind of see where I'm coming from there. And the punk purists might say it was all downhill starting at Dookie. You know what? The punk purists can. Uh, that's fine. They can think that. That's fine. That's they probably okay. they probably don't even listen to podcasts. They, so. they probably don't. <laughs> that, well, they've all become hipsters now, so maybe they do. Oh, that's I, true. I, I, yeah. Oh no. Who knows? We, we love all of the, everybody out there. By the yes. way. So. so yes, please uh, download, stream, purchase dookie let us know what you think and um, yeah we're interested in having this uh, discussion online outside of just this podcast yeah we can have an album argument in our socials everybody thank you so much for joining us i really appreciate it i know jeremy really appreciates it thank you so much for listening um please tell your friends tell your family tell everybody to download our podcast that'd be great yes please yeah i'm ryan i'm jeremy deuces we are out <laughs>